Welcome to the Bowers and Wilkins webcast with your hosts, Peter Madueno and Seth Snyder. All right, Seth, so today we're going to be talking about demos. We're going to talk about good songs versus demo songs, you know, when to use it, how to find good demo songs, and things like that. What is your, what is your take, though? What is your take on how do you find good demo content? I, I just steal them. <laughs> I just steal them. From me. <laughs> I just take the demos from people who, you know, are who have sold speakers or people who I respect in the in the industry. A lot of guys at work, I'll just take demos and hey, I'll, I'll just message people that I know have good stuff and just ask them like, hey man, what you got? What you got that's new? And they always come through with, with good stuff. So um, every once in a while, you'll find one on your own. But it, it's the problem I run into is that the type of music that I listen to doesn't lend itself to great demo content all the time. So it's not, I, I, it's hard to maybe hard to believe Pete, but I don't sit around and listen to jazz all day long. You know what I mean? It's like, really? I, I thought you were uh, all about that smooth jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So a little, a little, a little Yaz flute. Yeah. Not, not so much. And last, and I, I'm still looking, but I haven't found a very good Slayer demo yet. So it's, you know, it's hard to find this. I don't know what you, you listen more to the electronic world. So it's, I'm sure you run, you run into demos a little bit more than I do, but it's it's tough, man, to find your own demo content. So I usually go through people that you know that know it better. You? Yeah. One of the things one of the things that I've actually started doing to find uh, some demo content is when I find a good song or a good demo song, um, I I u- actually use Rune and I'll go in and do a dive or d- a deeper dive into the audio engineer or the producer and then follow what they've produced on, not necessarily the artist. Or the musician, but the actual person behind the scenes. Because if they work, you know, if they're working on, let's say, like an Eric Clapton track, they typically are working with other great artists, and they are doing really, really good job of really good audio engineering and audio production. Production. Yeah, no, you can. So that's one of the ways that I found. You can definitely you can find it that way. I mean, like pretty much everything that Dr. Dre touches sounds awesome. Like he's a good uh, producer to jump into. Chris Geringer, he works. Uh, he's a mastering guy at Sterling Sound. Uh, everything he touches, like he throws away gold records. He's the man. Um, I found a lot of good stuff from him. Uh, Rune is is very helpful with that. It's kind of tough with other platforms, but Rune definitely helps with that role. And then the the other thing that we always uh, we always take from is commercials. <laughs> see on TV. <laughs> Steal them from tech company commercials. Apple and Google have more money than God, so it's pretty easy to find good production value from them. Yeah, and absolutely. And and speaking on that point, you know, one of the one of the most impactful things you could think of is if I played a, a demo song for you, and you know, you you're kind of on the fence as as a as a customer, you're on the fence on whether you should buy it, and you go home and you're kind of thinking about it, and you listen to the radio or you p- turn on the TV, and that same d- song comes on after the fact, after I've played it for you on, let's say, a pair of 800s, it's never going to sound the same. It's never going to sound nearly as good. So they're going to instantly go, ah, Pete, yeah. played that song for me. Now it's stuck in my head. Now I got to go buy those speakers. Found it a lot. So that's kind, of, that's kind of the thing that I go, it's kind of like free, uh, free marketing and con- continuously being on their, the front lobe of their mind. 100%. Um, but that kind of leads into the next the next topic. Uh, you know, you mentioned it a little bit. You listen to Slayer. I listen to a lot of electric. Um, you know, we hear really good songs, but a good song doesn't always equate to a good demo song. So, what, what, when you are looking for a good demo track, what are you looking for? What like what what are some things that point out to you? That's that's always the tough thing 
to uh, to to like nail down in like a conversation because it's very easy to show you in person um, what it sounds like. I'll give away my 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 usual uh, my usual spiel that you know anybody who works in an MDC in the Northeast has probably heard me do this a thousand times, but um, I'll play a good song versus a good demo. I use two cuts. I'll use um, if I'm using hip hop, I'll use Nas. Nas is in the top, is in a lot of people's top five favorite rappers of all time. He's the freaking, he's one of the best lyricists I've ever heard. The guy's a genius. Um, he's like a foundation of hip hop. And then I'll play Macklemore. He, that, he's not in anyone's top five. He's trash. But the Macklemore track sounds fantastic. And the Nas track doesn't do much for you. It has nothing to do with the song. It has nothing to do with them as artists. It's just the fact that Macklemore had the production engineer that was able to bring out all those subtle details and all of that, you know, hi-fi magic. Now, how do you, like, what is it? How do you point to, like, how do you, like, talk about it? That's the difficult thing. It's one of those things you can just hear it immediately. The trick is to separate yourself emotionally. The whole reason you listen to music is for the emotions. So now you got to separate yourself emotionally. It's difficult. And just listen to the production value of the music. I do it with Led Zeppelin all the time. Massive Led Zeppelin fan. Love their stuff. Own every record they've ever made in multiple formats. Worship them. I've never done with them once. They don't sound good. It's one of those things that like if you you only get one shot with a customer. So you got to make sure that demonstration shows off the full capabilities of the speakers. You can't just play your favorite songs. Otherwise, it quickly turns into you playing DJ and then the customer walks out without spending any money. Make sense? Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and that kind of brings brings up a good point. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've noticed is like, especially in hip hop albums, is if you listen to some of the hip hop artists early tracks, the production is so low quality because they probably have done it in like a garage or in their closet or something like popularity. Yeah. And as they gain popularity, they get better production and better studios. So for instance, like Kendrick Lamar, his early LPs are great songs, but they're horrible demos because they, he just didn't have the amount of studio time and budget to build his record the way he wants it. And now, you know, ever since, ever since, to pimp a butterfly, essentially, he's just been crushing it with his his studio time. I mean, he's one of the top rappers in the I, world. I go back, you know, he's not. I go back earlier than that, like not to cut you off, but like you can go. I use tr uh, two tracks: uh, "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" and I can't remember the other one. Swimming, swimming pools. Yeah, off. That's off. Good kid. Swimming that's pools. off. Good kid. Mad City. And it goes back to your earlier point. Dr. Dre produced that album, and all of a sudden it just opens up and it sounds so much better. Well, that, yeah. I mean, not that Kendrick's in my top five. I mean, my top five are very easy. It's Dylon, 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 <laughs> Dylon, Dylon. He spits hot fire. That is best, true. Best rapper alive. <laughs> now, he, Kendrick's cool. He gives me hope for hip hop in a, in a world full of like he's the one who's going to bring it back for me. Although I'm an old guy, so who knows if I know what the hell I'm talking about. Well, I think we have a little, a little bit of yeah. idea. Um, the, other, the other thing that the really, other thing that really stands out to me is, you know, we talked about some of the unique sounds that we listen to. Like we talked about a little bit of hip hop. We talked about Slayer. We talked about EDM, things like that. How do you choose 
you know, the songs for your client? Like what, what, like a lot of people, they have one or two songs that that's their wheelhouse, but you don't ever really, you don't really know what you're doing for. So for instance, I have this issue. I, whenever I want a demo, especially on Bowers and Wilkins speakers, I love hearing acoustic songs. The problem is a lot of people use Dave Matthews band as, an acoustic <laughs> track, as their, as their demo. And I have this passionate dislike for Dave Matthews band because it ties to a memory of mine. It was the first concert I've ever been to. It was hyped up and it was not to my, the expectations that I've wanted in my concerts. Um, and so every time I hear a Dave Matthews band song, I go back to that time frame of my life and it just brings me into a negative, All right, mood, so hold on. which makes me not. What, tell me about this Dave Matthews concert. Like what, what were you expecting for your first concert? Like, why did it, you know, I guess I expected the songs to be played and not just 30 minutes, a song of jam band. Like I didn't realize what a jam band was. So, you know, when not that, like, I mean, it's Dave Matthews band, right? He has some, some of the hits, but let's say you play crash, right? The, the song crash into me or whatever, whatever it's called. Well, they'll start off the song for about 30 seconds of the actual song. And then all of a sudden Dave Matthews will just like look to his, fiddle player and the fiddle player will have a three minute solo and then he'll look to the trumpet player and the trumpet player has a three minute solo and then it goes down this line of middle-aged men who would just get a three minute solo on every single song <laughs> so so what what normally takes like a four minute song is now like a 15 to 25 minute song and you get you hear like five songs in the concert and you're really just hearing them playing whatever they want on their instrument I and sometimes and sometimes it's cool and sometimes it's unique and you know, it's, it's all right, but it's not what I wanted. I wanted to like, I wanted to just, I don't know what I wanted. I don't know what I expected. I guess I was just, it was just hyped so much. And then it was just, no, like, you're not a, it's, you're not a jam band guy. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a bunch of bands out there that do the same thing. And guys, like I dig that. Cause I, I, cause I, I've always listened to jazz and I, I like jazz. Um, so I, I appreciate the musicianship that goes into that stuff. And I always dig that, but I've known you for what, like 10 years now. I know you pretty well. That is not your vibe. <laughs> like you would, I can just see your face in that crowd. You probably lost your shit. Oh my God. That's funny. All right. So anyway, so yeah, so Dave Matthews, yeah, it is tricky whenever you're trying to bring someone back to like how you're trying to match things up with them. Um, yeah. My first, my first piece of advice for anybody who's trying to sell audio is just study music, dude. There's nothing worse than when you're talking to somebody about music and the guy or gal obviously doesn't have a clue about what you're talking about when you're talking about your favorite bands and they're trying to relate to you. It just seems feels forced. Like if you don't know something, don't try to act like, you know, like the intricacies of the classic rock genre when you're a hip hop guy, you know, it's just not, but study up know a little bit about music so you can relate to customers like if you if like i'll bring jazz back into the equation if a guy comes on and you know he said he comes into your store and he says i listen to a lot of jazz and the first thing you play him is something along the lines of like that old crappy like 19 overused call what it is white people jazz like no dude you cannot if you don't know jazz admit you don't know jazz that's fine but make sure you talk to somebody who does know jazz so that you have a tracks in there 
that'll give you some credibility when you're talking about a genre that you don't quite understand. You know what I mean? And, you know, nothing builds your brand more than when you play a song for a customer and they're then asking you what song that was and they're trying to Shazam it during your demo because you just blew them away with an incredible thing. And so that's a really, that's a really good point. Um, one of the things that I like to point out when I, when I give a demo is I like to have a purpose with everything I do. Why am I playing this song? What, uh, what makes this song unique about the speaker? So for instance, like when, and that's something that I go into when I'm trying to find demo content is I will set out and say, I want a song that's going to show off our tweeter. I want a song that's going to show off continue. I want a song that's going to show off our bass. And I will specifically find songs that show off those specific things rather than just finding an overall general good song. That's great for a demo. Yes. That's, that's also incredible, but having specific things like, you know, I, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the flyby guy who just comes in like, Oh, can I hear these speakers quick? I'm talking about the person I've built a relationship with. I am working with them, you know, for a, a number of times, maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a few hours or whatever it is, but I'm playing them a number of different songs and I'm giving them, this is track a for the tweeter track B is for the mid range track C is for bass and track D brings it all together. And I kind of, I kind of go about that route and I find it to be, you know, extremely, extremely beneficial for not only me, but for the customer to rather than just being like, Hey, this is a great song. It has highs, it has mids, it has lows. Here it is. And compared to whatever you want, it's kind of gives you, gives them more of a, this is what you're looking for. This is what, yeah. this is what you're listening for at each individual And, t- and tell them beforehand, I'm going to show you the, t- the capabilities of this tweeter and then press play. So when they hear the fantastic detail, then you can relate it back to the technology that's in the speaker. It's kind of like, closing them without you know overtly saying hey this is why you should buy the speaker like this is why this you should, you're basically telling them you could buy the speaker because of this technology and if you don't get the speaker with this technology you're not going to get that effect you just heard so buy it you know it's not it's not it's but it's sometimes difficult it's like what instrument really comes out of you know the tweeter people bring up violin all the time there's a lot of mid-range in violin so it's like where is it actually coming from um but some of those high frequency details for tweeters, like presence in the mid range, obviously shaking the earth with bass is cool, but can it play with precision? Can it play that EDM track and pound? And then when you play the orchestral track, are the woofers just going, wah, 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 and does it sound like a big dumb car audio system? Like, can it, can it play both? Which I think is where we come in, but. You, you mean my uh, my windshield isn't supposed to be blowing out as I'm you know, the music? You, you can always street? add bass. So if that's if that's route you're 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 chasing, there's uh, there's a couple of products called subwoofers that we can get into. But you know, can it play with precision? That's always that's always clutch. Bass tracks are are tough. Precision bass tracks are difficult for certain speakers. Um, not many cars. So why why music instead of a movie? Why am I? Why do I always get like so? I sometimes get demos for you know move with movies and doing a full surround sound, but typically when I'm going into looking for speakers, they're always doing a music demo. Why is it? Why do people always do a music demo instead of a, a movie demo, or or vice versa? Some people strictly go into they only are doing you can, movie demos. What what is the benefit of doing a movie demo? What's the benefit of doing an audio of a music demo? And you know when should I when should the when should the salesman or when should people do one or the, the other? The reason for doing a movie demo is simple because movie demos are dope as hell, blowing up, exploding. Um, I don't mind when people lead with a movie demo, 
but I always recommend people transition to music. If you don't transition to music, you're going to sell a lot of big cheap speakers. If you if you can transition to music well, you'll sell a lot of bigger, better, higher priced, better speakers. And the, the reasoning is simple. It has nothing to do with how with the production value. It has nothing to do with the bit rate on a Blu-ray versus the bit rate on a on a music track. It's very simple. You're getting down to the kind of the essence of what speakers are and what hi-fi is. You're trying to trick your brain into thinking that there aren't boxes in the room. That's all it is. And I know exactly what an acoustic guitar sounds like. I know what it sounds like in a live space. I know what it sounds like in my living room. I know what it sounds like. I could you blindfold me and I could tell if it was inside or outside when someone was playing it. You know, there's a lot of detail because I've heard those things in real life. I've sat in front of one. I've played one terribly. I know what they what they sound like. I've never heard the Incredible Hulk punch through a tractor trailer. It's never happened. It's never going to happen, and it's not real. So that that. Like, what are you talking about, man? You you lived in you lived in New yeah, York City, yeah. didn't they have the aliens coming out of the sky? Yo, dude, and, we were, you know, remember that guy in uh, in that MHT we used to work at who was like who made us pause the demo clip of them like thrashing in the first uh, Avengers, and he was like pointing out the window. He's like, "Wait a second, go forward one frame." That's my office window. I was like, oh, dude, this dude has multiple offices. He had a ton of money. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those um, it's one of those things that like I always bring up the Revenant, like because you always uh, it's that that movie sounded fantastic. Unfortunately, it's so unbelievably violent, like it doesn't it doesn't make people want to buy. <laughs> like it makes them want to like curl up with a blanket. Um, but that movie, like when he's walking through the snow on snowshoe in snowshoes, like. That wasn't recorded on site. That was some dude in a recording studio stepping on a bag of cornstarch with like 14 microphones all around him. Like it wasn't recorded. It's not real. So whenever you differentiate, when you play a surround sound system on system A versus that same scene on system B, there aren't great disparities between the two and the customer doesn't see as big of a value. Now, if you do that same thing, system A, system B with music, particularly music in the acoustic genre, not necessarily, I don't mean like, I don't mean like the guy sitting on the stairs in Animal House playing a sad song on an acoustic guitar. I mean like real instruments, trumpets, you know, guitars, bass drums, you know, actual vocals with no distortion, with no auto tune. If you play that stuff, the, the disparity between the two systems is huge and the customer immediately sees value. So I always try to, if the customer comes in and they want to, and they're buying a surround sound system, I'm going to play them surround sound demos. But when it comes down, well, when it comes time to choose the, go into that surround sound, I'm going to let them choose between speaker A, B, and C, and I'm going to do it with music. Yeah. One of the most impactful, you know, demos or situations we have, you know, we do a lot of sales training and a lot of times we do a lot of role playing. One of the most impactful role plays I've ever had was I walked into a, into a MDC and I said to him, you know, I'm interested. This is going to be, you know, both a home theater and it's going to be a lot of listening to music. I watch a lot of movies at night, but during the day or, you know, when I'm with my family or whatever, I'm listening to a lot of music. There's a lot of music being on. And one of the most impactful things is he asked me what I listened to. And I, you know, explained I was not EDM. I listened to a lot of classic rock. I listened to all this. He played for me a movie clip and it was, you know, a big action scene, got me hyped. And then he immediately transitioned into a audio demo of like classic rock where it was just like, it's one of those typical classic rock songs that's played during a war movie scene and it, the transition was just absolutely incredible it got me hyped for not only just 
having a surround sound, like being able to be like, this is what movies are going to be to then going into music going, this is what music's going to be. And I was just blown away by both. I mean, I worked for the company and I almost bought the speakers myself being from this guy's demo. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, every once in a while, it's like you just got to relate it back to what the customer listens to. It's just, it's always tricky when you got to, when you got a customer who comes in with a stack of CDs and is like, all right, here's the songs I listen to. I'm controlling the demo. And that's always where I kind of step in and be like, no, 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 Hoss. Like, we're going to do, we're going to play your tracks, but first I need you to hear what these speakers can really sound like. I think that's really the the toughest part, especially for, uh, for new guys in sales. I definitely struggled with it when I, when I started was um, controlling the sale and just being in charge so that you get to dictate which direction the sale goes so that you're not um, so that you're not letting the customer take you on a tour, you know? So touch on that, touch on that a little bit. Why, if a customer comes in and they're like, Hey, I listen to nothing but this CD. Why wouldn't you just play them that CD? Why wouldn't you let them, why wouldn't you let them play their own music? Why, why would you want to play? So if they come in, let's say with a, with a, with Man, Sticks, like nothing against Sticks. I like Sticks. Renegade's a cool song. Any Steelers fan is out there, like it's 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 a badass hype song. It's good. But Sticks has never recorded a good sounding album in their entire life. Like it's nothing against them. It's more the production and audio engineers that they work with. Like their records don't sound good. They don't have dynamics. So if a customer comes in with that crappy recording, I don't know where he got the recording. I don't know if he downloaded it off of like iTunes or just ripped it off of YouTube. I don't know what's on that. So I when he when he plugs it in, that's the first it, that's the first impression. Think of it like a first date. You walk in, you're waiting uh, alone at the bar at a restaurant, and the girl walks in, and she's going to be one or two different. The girl that looks like her uh, her Tinder account, or the girl that is using some filters. Like we don't know what's coming in on that first on that first that first try. So it's one of those situations where I want to make sure his first experience with whatever speed he came and listened to, with whatever system, whatever piece of electronics he came in to test drive, I want to make sure he gets the best representation of what that can do to start off. And then we can jump into his sticks records. You know, I'm not gonna say no, you can't play your music here. No, I'm gonna control what I what you hear and see first. Every time. So it's so it's you controlling the first impression as opposed to letting it. You know, it's kind of like going back to the, like a lawyer. Like a lawyer never asks a question that they don't already know the oh, answer sure. to, right? You don't play a song as your first impression that you don't already know what the response is going to be. You need to have those ready to clear. And that and that goes that goes along the line of be prepared. Having demos in all genres. If a if a customer comes in and goes, "Hey, I listen to blues," you should have one or two songs that are in that genre that you can play for them. And who knows? Maybe you're even introducing them to new music, and they, you're going to blow their mind. You're going to get them, and they're going to they're going to you're going to gain so much credibility by showing them a song that in their genre that they might they might walk in like you know I have a lot of customers that walk in and instantly judge me based on my age and based on you know my appearance on what I listen to. And then I drop them a jazz cut or I drop them a cut from the 60s or, you know, 50s even. Or I'll go into swing. I'll go into a swing dancing song. And they, and you could just see they're like not only are they blown away by the song, but they're blown away by me talking about it in an educated state. Like think like not just, oh, I, uh, you know, oh, you like classical. Uh, this is a uh, Beethoven. Yeah, you, Press play you, brought, you brought you brought that. 
you you hit you hit something like night that when you talk about when the song's from like there's certain genres of music that you know there's of course it's like it's a big world out there and there's going to be exceptions to this rule but typically 20 year old kids aren't really into music that was recorded in the 1950s just as a general rule of thumb but i use a track by uh, oscar peterson called you look good to me and i'll have 20 year old mht kids who like just immediately get it they'll sit there and listen to an entire track from it was i think it was recorded in like 58 like this is an old lounge trio jazz song but it sounds absolutely pristine it sounds amazing the sound staging is incredible and it's one of those deals like i don't want you anyone to think like that you necessarily have to play what the customer specifically listens to eventually you'll have to dabble into some of the stuff they do but to get them hooked and to get them bought in it doesn't always have to be the exact same thing they listen to if they come in they're a big classic rock guy try to get close you can play blues the same instrumentation it's the same rhythmic style you can do that if they come in and they're they're you know an r&b fan or better example would be if they come in and they're a hip-hop fan you could probably play some r&b you know you can play something that's in the relative wheelhouse that they listen to on a regular basis and get close. Just, just I don't have a whole lot of hip hop demos, but here I got some R and B. Check this out, boom! And like they'll be, no one's gonna say no to listening to music if they are. If they do say no to listening to music that's close to what they listen to, they're probably not gonna buy speakers from you anyways because they're probably just taking you for a walk. You know what I mean? Like so, don't be afraid to kind of push that genre of what whatever genre they listen to. <clears throat> it's fine. Get close. Makes sense. It does indeed. We are sending out a monthly list of demo content. Isn't Free demos, baby. Remember earlier when we said that the best way to get demos is to steal them? Steal them. We're going to be sending them out to uh, to all you guys as well as uh, posting them up on a number of different social media accounts. Would you like to uh, let them know what your favorite demo track is, whether it be movie um, or music? I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of favorites. Right now, I'm pretty hot on this track by a guy named Tyler Childers. Um, it's called White House Road. It's a, uh, I always tell people he's a fantastic example of the wonderful things that psychedelic mushrooms can do for country music. He is, uh, <laughs> he's cool, man. Um, it's just him in a studio, stripped down guitar. Like, I don't even think this when he went to post production. It is raw. Uh, it's just him sitting on a stool playing a guitar. And it is fantastic at showing off the inconsistencies of a lesser speaker. So it makes people immediately see value in the better speaker. It's an awesome cut. It's called White House Road. Got to be careful with though. There's a big band version that came off one of his regular albums. This is just a little LP uh, that came out. Um, uh, I think there's like three. You got to dig into the EP section of whatever Spotify title, whatever streaming service you're listening to. That's on you. What are you hot on? Ooh, I mean, I'm I'm all over the place. I found I I go I do a deep dive into a lot of uh, EDM type songs. But my all time favorite uh, demo track is actually a cover. It's a acoustic cover of Hey Outcast? from <laughs> Andre Three Thousand from from Andre Three Thousand. Yeah, it's an acoustic cover of Hey Ya. It's just one guy, two guitars, and it it sounds absolutely incredible. I've been using it for years, and my favorite thing is when somebody picks up on the song and they like look at me with this like puzzled look and they're like, is this Hey Ya from Outcast?" And you're like, yep. And they, and it, it, it kind of resonates. Cause like, it's a very popular song. It's a very hip hop song. 
And then to hear it in acoustic track, you're like, this is a really good song. So it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite things. And then as far as like and then movies, one of my favorite experiences I've ever had with movies was uh doing a a, a demo um of Kung Fu Panda after a client was telling me all about how they like action movies and all this stuff, but they also have two daughters that are ages of like eight and nine. And so I'm like, well, they're not gonna be watching action movies with daddy. So why don't I play them? Why don't I play him as close to an action movie as I can? And I even gave him a story. Like I didn't tell him what I was playing. I portrayed it as like a real, like, you know, there's this guy who's down on his luck. He's out of, he's out of shape. He wants to, you know, building it up to this hype system. And then all of a sudden I press play and it's Kung Fu Panda. And the, the looks on some of these clients faces is just like, they're not <laughs> mad at me. They're just like, I hyped it up to be this incredible action movie. And then it's Kung Fu Panda. But then they're blown away. They're blown the away by the audience. Food. So it's some of my favorite things to do. Get a jail, yeah. Uh, the chopstick scene is pretty dope in that one too. That movie. I've used the chopstick. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of great kids movie it, content out there. Yeah. Those uh, those production companies know that can know that, that those movies are going to make money in the theater. So their budgets are big, and they can afford some really great production value. But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what we uh, release on these playlists. I think that's going to be cool. All right, Seth. Well, that's it for me. That's it for you. Uh, thank you again for listening to Bowers and Wilkins podcast. I'm Pete Madueno. What up? That's Seth Snyder. Thank have you. Have a, have a great day.